Yeah, you're long term with the uh, Vodafone Shield, aren't you? I think you're pretty long. I am. I was actually just looking this morning. I had to go back and look. I actually joined Ursel uh, in oh. in 96, 27 years ago. It's incredible to think, uh, you know, that time has passed and that time has gone. Um, and as you know, Ursel was the, the mobile arm of. I, I used to work. I used yeah. to work. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you worked there. So, uh, yeah, the mobile arm of uh, Aircom at the time um, and having graduated from UCD, I was I joined as as a graduate. Um, so I studied physics and maths in UCD at that time. Um, and then later, Aerosel was sold to Vodafone in 2009. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then quickly transitioned into Vodafone, a, a global organization from a local, uh, very much local organization into a, a global organization with local roots I would say um, and started out as a core network engineer I actually mm-hmm. probably was the envy of most graduate engineers at that time because I the first uh, assignment I got assigned to was roaming which was fantastic um, and because I was involved in roaming and roaming back then you know the the very number complex. of opened up was you know very small yeah. in the beginning and yeah. it grew phenomenally as a business uh, roaming did but I got to participate on the behalf of Vodafone back then on in the International Roaming Experts Group across many other countries. And we had often forums across uh, different countries and I got to travel at that time. So that was a fantastic opportunity for me um, and, and the envy of many graduates at that <laughs> time. So, yeah. so that was great. Um, but I suppose my career, when I think about my career... Uh, I've always been very results and uh, focused and very customer focused. And I think, you know, very early in my career, I started to kind of aspire to do management roles um, mm-hmm. and quickly evolve through several management roles and and I suppose ultimately move into some leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2015, I got an opportunity actually with Vodafone to move outside of Ireland, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big decision for me at that time. I had I was married, I had two kids. Um, my daughter was only six months old. Actually, I was on maternity leave when I got the opportunity mm-hmm. um, to, to move outside of Ireland. And that was to do the CTO role in Vodafone Malta in 2015. Mm-hmm. So uprooted the family um, and my husband gave up his work and, and the kids and we all moved to Malta. My son was three and as I say, my daughter is about six months old at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was a fantastic opportunity and I was there for four and a half years mm-hmm. doing the CTO role, which not only gave me network breadth, but also much wider breadth in terms of the wider sphere of technology and the telecoms industry mm-hmm. around cybersecurity, around the IT systems. And the operations aspects of it as well. So it was right. a real breadth of experience that I got there. And Malta's not Malta's not a complaint a location you'd complain about. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, for sure. Um, yeah, and all the family were very uh, happy to come and visit. Let's yeah, put it that way, sure. <laughs> and stay and stay for a while. But it was great. And I suppose you know we ended up leaving Malta in 2020, and we sold the business in Malta. Um, mm before I wrapped up. Um, so that was actually a great experience in terms of M&A as well, which was wonderful for me to to get that experience. Um, and then actually it was 2020, March 2020, just at the start of the pandemic mm-hmm. when we came back to Ireland. And I remember actually 
we had flights booked to come home, but we actually had to accelerate the flights because all the airports were closing. Right. And we had to get out. We were scurrying out, saying goodbye to friends in the airport, which felt very surreal at that time. And um, we got back home, but our everything else, all our belongings probably came about 18 months later. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, so it was, it was quite... The timing. Timing yeah. is everything. Timing yeah. is everything. Actually, and then obviously back to back to Ireland. And right. initially I did a role in business, supporting business from a technology point of view. And now I'm doing the chief network officer role. Um, so just as the opportunity yeah. arose at the senior leadership table at Vodafone. And uh, I was delighted to take it. And it was a great opportunity. And that's the role I'm doing today. Pat. Yeah, no, it's a great career, Sheila. And uh, one thing I love about the mobile industry is the international aspect of it. It's, you know, I've been all over the world. I'm sure you have been and been as well. And the people you meet, um, it's pretty incredible that way. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously you took advantage of every thing that came along, so f- fair enough. And what do, what does the chief network officer do these days? It's a long time since I've actually been in, in an operator. but Yeah, what, so, what so look, I suppose, you know, as I mentioned to you at the start, you know, we started out, Aircell and Aircell was sold to Vodafone back in the day, and that was a mobile business mm-hmm. serving mobile needs for, for customers and for some business customers. But our business has really flourished. Um, to go beyond mobile. So like we're a fully total telecommunications uh, provider serving the needs, whatever your connectivity need is in business or small business or consumer. Mm. So now we offer a wide range of services. Um, so having moved from mobile now into a fully fixed player, um, actually, we call it a converged, you know, kind right. of offering. Mm. So we offer both in terms of mobile and fixed but then all the products and all the services that sit on top of that. And so, you know, my role really is to ensure that we have a roadmap that continues to allow us to grow as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I suppose my role is to ensure that we sustain the reliability of our network and, and we grow and develop our network as well as much as we can uh, with the investments that we have. And we've made some big announcements there recently. Um, but also it's it's around the growth and it's around the day to day operations as well. So you can be in the detail of something very operational, but at the same time, you need to be thinking strategically and thinking to the future and thinking to the future in terms of customers needs. Right. And, and that brings us to um, something that I know you've been working on in both of them is the issue of st- sustainability and yes. um uh, COP28, I think it is on now. I think you've you've taken some initiatives there. We have. Um, so I'm the executive leader for the sustainability program in Vodafone. Um, Sorry, and, Vodafone Group? No, in Vodafone Ireland. Oh, Vodafone sure, Ireland, Ireland, yeah. Which is part of a much wider group sure, initiative yeah, as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, we have pledged to be a carbon neutral business by 2040. We've already taken a, it's a journey, right? Let's face it, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we've taken a number of steps like our network waste, for example, you know, we either reuse, recycle or resell our, yeah, all of our yeah. network waste. Like, for example, last week, there was some equipment in Germany, in Vodafone, Germany, which we took and, and, and reused in our network and vice versa. We would offer up our equipment in that regard. Um, and we have full traceability on that. So 100 percent of our equipment is either reused, recycled or resold um, in that regard. But also in the last year or two, we developed this really uh, cool technology around energy management. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's all based on machine learning. So we look at traffic patterns over a period of time. We see, for example, in business parks might be busy during the week, but a weekend it's not so busy because, you know, people are not in the office mm-hmm. um, or, you know, traffic patterns during the day can vary depending on when the busy hour is. Um, but based on, you know, the methodology that we use there with machine learning, we studied those traffic patterns over a period of time and we're able to predict when we need to power up or power down our oh, network very, very um, in an intelligent way. Yeah. And, you know, the, the true proof of the pudding in that for me is that despite the fact that our traffic has grown 30, 40 percent in terms of data traffic, mm. our energy consumption has remained flat. That's very um, interesting. Yeah. So it's it's um, quite phenomenal what we're doing it, there. Is, I mean, where's the just because the, the, you've sort of um, got the engineering me going now. Is it actually on the, the radio network side that the it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you may remember those counters that you pull from the radio network <laughs> side and you can uh, measure the traffic patterns from the counters <laughs> and then adjust <laughs> accordingly using uh, AI technology now, Pat. Very good. Very Well, I, Sheila, I do remember when I was... Um, we the where the building I was in when I was with uh, Aerosol in Donnybrook, uh, there was a cell site there in the room, and they lost the key one time. And uh, the uh, technicians would come along to to trying to get in, and they asked me where the key was, and I'm going, "What key?" And they had to get an axe to break in, oh my god, the door to get to the equipment. But I think it's probably moved on a bit from that now. And ah, yeah, no, I sincerely hope so. And with the use <laughs> of IoT and five G. Yeah. Um, technology now we you know the the opportunities are endless really so you know? so so just on that so 5g mm. uh, are you close to the end of your rollout on 5g or where are you, where are you at no look to be honest with you 5g is a journey as i see it um and you know coverage is one thing and for for you and i the normal user and consumer there's not a massive difference in terms of because of you know the way we use our phone today. The mm-hmm. need for four G versus five G isn't dramatically different. Don't see it to be hugely different, but where it will make a massive difference really is in business. Um, and the way we're going to see five G evolve is going to be it, it's really going to be transformative in the way we work and the way we live. So, like we can see in many sectors, like for example, manufacturing. Um, so on the factory floor, we can see, you know, there's a lot of robotics on f- factory floors that need sensors to measure things in terms of distribution of logistics across the manufacturing floor. And, you know, historically, I think manufacturers would have relied a lot on Wi-Fi technology. Mm-hmm. And now with Industry 4.0, that technology really isn't as reliable, um, isn't right. maybe as secure Um and so the the evolution of the 5G network into the manufacturing floor will become really key to the success of manufacturing. And right. that's just using manufacturing as an example. And we've we've done a lot of work with the Irish Manufacturing Research Centre in Mullingar. You might have seen that. Um, and we work with them with industry to kind of come up with solutions to answer manufacturers' needs. Um, and we really do think we can, you know, the technology that's within that 5G environment is very different than the 5G you and I consume. Right. And so, and on, on that point, Sheila, sorry, my dog's kicking off a bit there. But anyway, you're OK. Uh, the, um, so is mobile private networks is an area that's what you're talking about? Essentially. Yes, exactly. Right. exactly. Right. And, and is I mean, does Vodafone add extra value to that on top of the 5G standards? Is that is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, so I mean, the 5G network that's in a mobile private network is very different than the 5G network that you and I consume. So it's it's called 5G standalone technology, which means that there's a lot more intelligence within that technology. You can do slicing, you can do, uh, you can dedicate a layer of bandwidth specific to that manufacturer's needs. You can do, you know, you can measure a lot more IoT devices within that. So it has a lot more capacity mm -hmm. and a lot more capability and latency, obviously, with mobile edge computing as well. Right. And it means that you can even reduce the latency further, especially for critical services like health services and ultimately, I guess, remote surgery. I mean, it, it does sound a bit Right. you know, uh, blue sky, but, you know, ultimately we will get there. And that's why I say 5G is a journey. Everybody thinks 5G is all about, you know, rolling out coverage and and, and that, but it's a lot more than yeah. just that. And we're going to see that evolve with time. So what you're saying is that the uh, you're responding to the marketplace as you see it, do you, but you do see demand for mobile private networks, bio, uh, strong I, IoT, Absolutely. How about how about Oran and Edge? Do you see them? Are they in your vision right now? Or are they? They, they are further out. Yeah. So so Oran is going to become very important as well because it's going to open up possibilities, just like what I mentioned. And ultimately, mm. the radio sites will become capable of all that capability you see within a private network. Mm. Um, but Oran is important to us, uh, you know, and we have seen the development of Oran with time. And just recently we announced in the UK, actually, we've just um, launched our first cluster, 32 sites in a kind of semi-urban area. Um, okay. And the performance actually of that Oran, because I know, you know, a lot. there's been a lot of talk about Oran. Mm -hmm. But the proof the pudding is in the eating. Sure. Um, and, and very recently now we have seen the performance of that particular cluster is as good and better, in fact, than the incumbent vendor that was there before. Um, and that incumbent vendor is a traditional vendor that's been there for many years. Um, so we are starting to see that. Um, and we're predicting, you know, over the next number of years, 30 percent of our total European radio footprint will be yeah. Oran. Okay, so that's that's going to be a big change and massive change. Requires a different yeah. skill set for, <clears throat> excuse me. Requires a different skill set for your your own staff and so on. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of change there. Even in we think, um, you know, the industry is probably going through a lot of internal change. Even though the customer doesn't see it, if you might put it that way, maybe the enterprise yeah. customers do. Yes. How do you, how do you manage, Sheila? Are you um, a leader, a delegator, um, you know, how do you, what's your, your sort of go-to uh, management style? So I would say I'm a big believer in collaboration, um, you know, and I really feel as a team we need to be united and only then you win. The win is like, you know, collaboration within the organization is so important and working with the business mm -hmm. um, and answering customers' needs. I think if we're all very focused on the customer, um, then you get the right outcomes, no matter what you're leading in business. That's my view. Um, you know, if you bring everything back down to the customer and what the customer wants and what the customer expects, and it's very much in my DNA, and it's something I, I suppose I share with my team on a regular basis. Like at the end of the day, this is what we're trying to deliver. Um, yeah. And we all got to come together to, to make that happen. As I said to you earlier, I'm very passionate about customers, but I'm also very result focused. 
um, and, you know, driving forward to make sure we've got the right strategy for the growth of the business, as well as maintaining, obviously, our day to day operational activities. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, it's always trying to get that right balance, you know, across the teams. Um, but right. we have a wonderful team at Vodafone and I'm really proud of the work and the achievements we've done in the last number of years um, with massive modernization programs. We're in the progress, you know, massive progress to date and, and a lot more to do. But I have every confidence in the team that we will get there and sure. do amazing work. And like as a woman, as a senior executive woman in this in tech, what's have you know, has it been have you seen barriers to women in general? I mean, obviously, you've overcome them if there was any. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, what's your, your feeling about women in, in tech at the moment? Yeah. So, look, you know, this question often gets asked of me. Mm. Um, and I would say that actually the men in my life have been the biggest promoters of my life and my career. If mm -hmm. I think of my husband, you know, he gave up his his job for to support me in my career. And to be quite honest, it would be a struggle to be as successful as I have got, you know, to the role that I've got to sure. without his support. So I, I certainly owe a lot to that man in my life. Um, but I would also say to my colleagues, you know, I'm like, I've had a lot of mentors over the years. I think, you know, Liam Butler. Yeah, no, um, Liam well. Yeah, Liam was a, a huge sponsor of mine over the years and and many others. Um, I'm mean, like, I have wonderful bosses and lots of support. And I, I think that's what it is at the end of the day. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It's just making sure you've got those sponsors and mentors um, throughout your career path to help you and to allow you to develop and grow. Mm -hmm. um, and we've all got a duty there. I've now got a duty for the ladies behind me as well and that are coming up through their career. And I'm always trying to support and progress them and help them to grow and develop um, just like I'd like my daughter to be treated. Okay. Um, or indeed my son. So, okay. Yeah. If you have more engineers on the way then? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's great, Sheila. And so, like, what what do you, how do you, the family relax? Do you, do you have hobbies or... What, what do you generally do to relax at home? Yeah, so look, um, I try to get out running maybe two days and at best three days a week. Um, but I also do local circuit. I do circuit training in my local community, in the local community hall just up the road in Wexford, where I live. Very, very good. Um, and that's fantastic. I mean, like it's it's really just about getting the headspace and getting out. And then at the weekends with the family, just going on beautiful long walks. In the beach that you see behind me here in, that in, Clough, in the background, that's Curraclough. Yeah. Um, so the forest walk there through Ravenswood and onto the beach is just amazing. Beautiful. So I love getting out with the family and the dog. And What, what is it? So, it's something like 12 kilometres long or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful walk. Yeah. You know, through the forest itself is, is gorgeous. But then the fact that you can actually come onto the beach and in the summertime you can have a lovely picnic and travel back up the beach after you're finished or go for a swim. It's great. <laughs> you're making yeah. me jealous you're making me jealous yeah. well, it's not um, more to temperatures though <laughs> <laughs> no I know um, and Sheila on this podcast um, as a guest you get to nominate the playout song so let me just start initially is, is music a good part of your life is, do you like music I do I, I have to say I like music in the sense of it brings energy to my life um, you know sometimes when you've had a bad day or a difficult day it can be hard to get your energies back up Um and I think that's where music plays a part in my life. Mm. Um, Coldplay is probably uh, my go-to. And, you know, Sky Full of Stars is oh, where well, I've been to. Beat. That's a great song, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. 
Yeah. Uh, no, so now that's coming along now. So, like Sheila, it's been great. Listen, it's it's fantastic uh, to to hear your story and and get sense your energy and your leadership. So, um, I'm sure we're going to see you around for a while. So, uh, anyway, thank you, Pat. Thanks it's for coming. It's been a pleasure. Right thank you very much. Take care. Yeah.